Scott, coming in from the Sports Review, a spiritual library here in Verona, Wisconsin, in my apartment. And, uh, well, 13 picks for the Packers. And believe it or not, I was not one of them. But, uh, they got some really good players, I can tell you that much. See a lot of them are, uh, Pro Football Focus, I think, and uh, three of them that I saw are getting graded A's. See, they're getting a graded A or an A minus. One, one poor soul that was a Bears fan, Adam Downs a C minus. So, it's hard as hell to be that guy. <laughs> I know this, this is going to be one great draft class, and it's going to be not every one of these guys is going to make the team, not every one of these guys is going to make a difference, but they got some difference makers, I can tell you that much. Even in the free agency route. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off just going through the free agents that they, uh, undrafted free agents that they signed. And I went through and I researched these people and just these guys because I want to be able to give you guys some type of information on these guys because how many times that, you know, for me, it's like you can't find anything in the paper or or like, I was doing research on this down now. This guy's name is Jimmy Phillips. It's kind of Jimmy Phelps in a paper or in the uh, article on the web. I, I'm trying to put in Jimmy Phelps, and Jimmy Phelps all popping up for me. He's a basketball player from SMU. This guy's from SMU, but all he had popping up was this basketball player. I'm like, <laughs> Well, I went in with the roster, and I was like, oh, Jimmy Phillips, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, here we go. So, Christian Morgan, Baylor. Six feet one, 212 pounds, a uh, safety. And started last year, but, uh, and he was, I believe he was 13 all-conference for the big, uh, for the Big 12. So what I'm just going to say is, I'm going to say this. Dave Aranda is the coach for Baylor. He was the uh, co-defensive coordinator with Jimmy Leonard for one for one year. And that's when they had one hellacious defense. And that's what Aranda's been known for, because when he went down to LSU too, I believe they won the, uh, that was the year they won the national title. But the one thing he does, uh, wherever he goes, he puts his imprint on the defense, and the defense is usually tough and nasty. So this guy is the uh, this guy could this guy could be. I believe he's going to be good special. I believe he'll make the team as a special teams player because he's going to be solid fundamentally, from what it sounds like. But the other thing too is that they got another guy in here too. His name is Cameron McDonald. FSU tight end. He's a uh, he's the guy that that was heavily thought of. It was highly thought of in uh, January. I was reading an article on him, and uh, sometimes you go to these uh, these NFL camp or these these All Star games, and uh, coached by the NFL players or coached by the NFL coaches. But anyways, what happens a lot of times is that they don't get the publicity they need to get, so they fade in the draft. 
or they don't work out, and then maybe he didn't work out or something like that for the uh, Pro Scouts. But what happened is that the Packers got him. It's a free agent. It's perfect. Tight end. Oh, they they are so blow the tight end right now. So kind of like it's kind of like in the hardware department at Walmart. They got they got more they got more tight ends than they have nails. And uh, anyways, but uh, anyways, he's played at Florida State, and he went to uh, he's from Los Angeles or you know, he's from Long Beach anyway, whatever. He played at Long Beach Poly High School, and what it is, it's a feeder system for college. Colleges like USC, UCLA, University of Oregon, um, you know, in Notre Dame, you know, I remember, uh, I remember the quarterback, Jimmy, anyways, I, I, I think, even you guys know what I mean. <laughs> I can't think of the guy's name. And uh, so what happened was is that this, this, this high school has a uh, had Antonio Pierce for a coach. <laughs> Antonio Pierce that used to play for the Giants that was just awesome. And uh, was an awesome linebacker. You know, and that's what, that's what he was uh, trained, who he was trained by. You know, and he, he says he, some of his attributes are a great second-level blocker, also viable option in the perfect skill set, humble, willing, do work, special teams, whatever it takes. He doesn't have he doesn't have any significant injuries. Um, he's a top top tight end. Coming out of high school. Well, he did real well too. And I didn't go into his college career, which I could have probably went into a little bit more, but he did real well in college, you know, catching, he, catching ball, picture passes, and stuff like that. And, and uh, but he was a, uh, he was definitely a good pickup for the Packers, that's for sure. Um, they got a, they got a, they got a real uh, winner there, and uh, you know he sounds like a guy that's going to wants to work in with special teams, and he's humble, and he, he's willing to listen and willing to do this, and uh, so the next guy I go on to is Benny Sapp. He's a junior from Northern Iowa. He was a junior in Northern. I'm sorry, wait, I'm saying that wrong. Benny Sapp Jr. He's out of Northern Iowa University. That's better. But uh, his dad played at Iowa, and um, with Bob Sanders, who's the uh, five foot eight little wrecking ball that was on that team in the early two thousands. Uh, it's probably him and Sanders went on to make quite the combination, and you know it ended up getting the Colts into the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, he's got another brother, too, named Benjamin. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, all right, you got Benny, Benjamin, I don't know. They better have some nicknames in that family. Um, so, 
So Seb's brothers played eight seasons in the uh, eight seasons in the NFL with uh, with Michigan with, with Kansas City especially, and uh, that was main main part where he spent his time at. And he was at uh, he started out in Minnesota in 2018 2019, and uh, like I said, he's just he's looking for a chance. He, I don't think he has. I don't think he's a great athlete or nothing like that. Well, so you know, you take those guys and they can be just absolute hound dogs on freaking uh, special teams. Um, Jason Jason Lewin is a uh, Jason Lewin is uh, he's from Illinois State. And he's 6'6", 305. And he's a, he's a beast. That's what, of course, that's what they're going to write in the bio. You know, definitely an NFL player, just a beast. He gets up there and he's a step. So we'll find out about that one. But, uh, anyway, so here we go again. Malik Heath. He transferred to Mississippi State from Ole Miss two years and the egg bowl so he had 71 catches in two years at Ole Miss for 749 yards and eight touchdowns and what happened was he went to he started out at uh, he started out at Ole Miss and he ended up at Mississippi State and he got tired of the cowbells. That, that just sounds goofy, but I don't know if you've ever watched them. Uh, if you ever watched their games, it's just annoying as all hell. The uh, the ringing of the cowbells and all of that. And uh, you know, it's funny. He played. Not too many people have played for Mississippi State in Mississippi, and they played in the Egg Bowl, and uh, he. Played two games. You played two games with uh, Ole Miss, and then two games with Mississippi State. So the next guy is uh, so he's I. Let me go back here. I'm sorry. This guy, this guy has the potential to be really one hell of a wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to do it for the Packers or not, but you know, it's it's keep an eye on him. That's all I'm going to say. It's hard for me to say that these guys are going to be great players when, you know, they're undrafted free agents. And uh, Katim Kadim Tel, I'm sorry, Kadim Telfot, UAB nasty attitude, first team conference, first team all conference, I believe it was in the Sun Belt. And he's six five, three hundred, six foot five, three hundred and eleven pounds. Well, I don't know. I heard he ate lots of extra biscuits, so maybe he ate three twelve. But uh, he's got a nasty attitude, and that's what that's what I like to hear about. You know, I like to hear about somebody that's going to be uh, that's going to go get his nose right into to the uh, stomach of the uh, lineman and just true and smash. You know, and do it until they get the uh, 
get the necessary yards and fight to the end of the whistle. Um, he, that's just the only, that's one of the ways he's going to be able to make it in the NFL because he he his first team on conference. But the problem was I think he has some problems with his he has short arms or something like that because you know it makes a big difference with offensive line they have short arms. So that's what that's why it's so important to to have those long arms and uh, to be able to to pass block but also be able to uh, to run block too and you know Jimmy Phillips Jr. is a six foot three, two 236 pounds and 50 solo tackles last year at uh, he's the he's the guy from SMU that they call Jimmy Phillips <laughs> but yeah he he seems like he's just kind of a plugger linebacker. He just plugs the holes. I mean, 50 sole and he had 85 uh, total tackles last year. Um, he had like one interception and he doesn't even have hardly any. He doesn't like hardly no sacks. So it just looks like he just played like right in the, right in the uh, box. The eight-man box. And uh, he, he did really... Uh, He'll be, take, he'll be getting a good walk in uh, in training camp because it seems like they're always short there. They need guys have guys that can come in and uh, you know be special teams and be good tacklers and be fundamentally sound. Another guy too is Henry Pearson, six three three, six foot three, two hundred forty five pounds. He's all Sunbelt, but he likes these guys from the Sunbelt second team. 58 catches, career, 11 touchdowns. So he had 58 catches in uh, his career. And, you know, I think that was over two years. And, you know, he had 11 touchdowns. I mean, this is a lot. And I was thinking about, you know, a lot of times, too, the teams need a... You know, I, I don't know if he's going to make the Packers. It, it's highly, un, highly doubtful that he's going to make it. With all the competition in camp and all for the uh, for the tight ends position, you know, but you, you could have as many as three tight ends. They could have H back, and then you have uh, actually they don't run H back anymore hardly ever for the Packers. But uh, you know, they, they run that two offensive line situation where they uh, are two deep, two tight ends in the offensive line, and they could always, you know, they always make a make a good little short passing game out of that for, you know, third down and pick up the uh, pick up the necessary yards. Um, Henry Pearson is, you know, he's, like I said, he's 6'3", 245 pounds. And he's got a, he's all summed all second team. But the, uh, the thing I'm talking about too is a lot of times when I think about this, I think about, you know, you, you can call a sprint option play where they fake it to the running back and then they roll out the quarterback to the, uh, usually it's to the through the right side, unless he's a left-handed quarterback, and you're able to, uh, you know, just do a short little throw to him and then he can pick up seven, eight yards, you know, and they always have the option of running the, uh, the wide receiver and back him in like 10 yards split and he's able to, uh, if he's able, the quarterback's able to read, that's what they call it, option read. 
And that's why it's like, you know, he's able to read the defense and see what the defense is going to do. And then he can just dump it off if you need to. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be going deep. He doesn't seem like a burner. They got those guys in the draft. But anyways. So next guy is Keyshawn Banks. San Diego State University, Aztecs. 6'4", 255 pounds. The 62 out of 100 rating. And, um... I should say the 62 out of 100 rating for the Scouts. He's the type of guy, too, that for me that I've seen, I look at his numbers and I see that, you know, it seems like he's going to be running him off the edge, too. It's either that or he's just going to be special teams. You know, most of these guys are, most of these guys that I'm reading to you, maybe probably might not make the Packers. But they could make other teams that need help in their in their position that they're that they're performing at in in camp. So they have a lot of film or not film. They have video on them, and uh, you can see the fact that when they're coming into their own, you know, when they're coming into their own and in the uh, training camp, is they're starting to get used to the system. And they get cut, and they just lose that move there, and they have to keep that momentum going because otherwise you're going to lose their momentum. They're not going to be able to uh, to rebound because they're going to get dealing with a lot of disappointment. So it's very important to keep on the uh, to keep their edge, and you know because you always have so many, you always have 30 other teams looking at them or whatever it is, 29 other teams. I think that's the thing. Anyways. So anyway, there's a guy from Minnesota who played, uh, played one year, I believe he played one year in Minnesota and uh, five years at Michigan. Yeah, five seasons at Michigan. Good old COVID. Uh, offensive guard, his name is Chuck. Chuck Religia, you know what I say. Chuck Religia. It's a tough one to say. So it's, anyways. But uh, he's all Big Ten, third team this year, in 2022, I should say. And he played five seasons at Michigan. He's pretty much just a, uh, he was deaf at Michigan. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid, he's a solid uh, offensive lineman. And we'll see what the Packers get, you know, you never know. You never know what you're going to get unless they uh, don't, if you don't, if you don't see what you can get see in practice, you can see that what they have in the preseason games. But the problem is, is that you know the preseason there it's down to three, uh, it's down from four to three, three games now. You know, and there's that extra extra month, or extra week that's added on to uh, you know now it's week seven. No, it's week 18, you know, anyways. But anyways, what I'm saying too is that Yeah, there's 18 weeks, okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking I was saying something wrong about 
I was thinking I was saying, well, why am I saying, <laughs> why am I saying 18 weeks? Well, reality is, too, they play 17 games, and then they have a bye, so it's just like, okay. All right, on to the next guy. This is the last one I have. Is, uh, I believe that this guy could be, this guy might be, if any of those other guys that got drafted are gone, this is the guy I could see making the team. His name's Deuce Watts. 6'2", 195. He's got 30, he had 33 catches last year for 657 yards and eight touchdowns. And, uh, you know, Tulane had turned the program around last year. They, they had a really, really nice year, really good season. And I believe they upset Southern Cal in the uh, Cotton Bowl. But, uh, you know, Watts is a... Uh, I think that Watts is going to be a player if he's not with the Brit, with them with the Packers, and he's going to get picked up and go to another team. So what I did too is, and I looked at the. Uh, I'm going to go through these uh, these players, and I got them listed until I go until round five, and uh, well, I'm going to talk about the rest of them too because, anyways. Let's go on here. I think they had a hell of a draft. I think they had a they had an A plus draft. Somebody, you know, like Lucas Van Ness. The more I read about this guy, the more I like him. You know, I was kind of pissed when they drafted him. To be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I do gotta say this. When I was like, I didn't really notice it, but I noticed it on, online that they said that they're having a draft party, and uh, and I was laughing because he's got two really blonde, hot girlfriends, and he's got this one guy that's just totally blasted, and he, he falls into Lucas is about ready to go up and get his hat or whatever and go up to the uh, board. And on stage, and uh, his buddy just is blasting, he falls right into him. And Lucas is trying to get him off, pretty much. People are dragging him off. <laughs> the, guy, the guy completely made a, guy completely made an ass out of himself. That's what's so funny. Uh, he's going to have that one, that, that gent's going to have that one to live down for the rest of his life. All right, Iowa. Outside linebacker, yes. Best. The best, I believe, for this guy is yet to come. He's six foot five, two 276 pounds. And I believe he's going to get taller from what I've been reading. So he, he could be a good six foot six or six foot seven. And, you know, if you can have two freaks off the edge, like Rashawn Gary and, uh, and this and, uh, Rashawn Gary plus, uh, Plus Lucas, um, they call him Hercules, which I think is pretty good. They say he's just built like Hercules, stone, cut out of stone, and I believe that he's going to be a he's going to be a tough character to block. Plus, he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him too. And uh, you know, back this is going back. I don't expect. I don't expect anybody that was born after 
1985 to Reno who the hell this guy is. Uh, Ted Hendricks, but he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so you might want to check him out. You know, they call him the Mad Stork or kick him in the head, Ted. And, uh, you know, he, he was six, I think he was six eight. And, uh, you know, with Madden and his Raiders and, you know, they, they didn't prescribe to, uh, they were in any fashion shows, I can tell you that much. Uh, you know, they did their, and they, that's what Hendricks was. But Hendricks had his fun too, but, you know, as I've read about him before, is that, you know, he, he's a gagger. He loves to do, uh, jokes. Ride his, uh, ride a horse into practice with a, with his helmet and pads on, and get off and leave the horse right in the middle of the field. You know, it was Halloween. And, uh, I'm sorry, maybe it wasn't Halloween, anyways. What I saw the Halloween one I'm thinking of is when they had Hendricks in a clown outfit. You know, he had his pads and football stuff on every Monday night. But he had his, uh, he had a mask on. It was just funny. It's just, it's just that way the Raiders were back then. And they, he plays, uh, Hercules. Plays a five tech. Hercules. I love that nickname. But, uh, Van Ness plays a, plays a five tech. And uh, he's responsible for the B and the C gap. Um, when you look at a five gap, I'm sorry, you look at a five tech. He's uh, he's on the uh, the side of the offensive tackle split out. There's all as far as you can get out of far the offensive tackle goes. And he's a three fourths defensive end, so he's going to be able to. Uh, He's going to be able to get spots where he can get one-on-one with an offensive tackle and whoop his ass. You know, that's just the way it's going to be. He's a, uh, like I said, he's a super freak. His owners were Sean Gary, too. Um, that's going to be one hell of a, that's going to be one heck of a pass rush. You know, and for once, it'll be nice for once. They'll have somebody to go with uh, Rashawn Gary. Um, not saying that uh, Smith, not saying Preston Smith was was bad. Not saying that at all. And uh, the other Smith is uh, I can't. I don't know his name. Starts with a C. You guys know his name. Z, Z Smith. He had a great year. One first year he was in Green Bay. He was awesome. Second year he was not so awesome. He was out most of the year with injuries and God only knows what kind of injuries. Sometimes I question that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't want to rip on Brian Bowaga, but he's one that comes to mind the most and he's Royal too. So hopefully this guy's not injury prone. Um, second round, they go to, uh, Jaden Reeds, the 50th overall pick. And again, I'm going to say that Lucas Van Ness is the number 14 overall. Or 13, 13. Number 13th pick. And uh, second on Jaden Reed. Uh, he's the 50th, 50th pick in the draft. He's out of uh, Michigan State. He played there last year. Otherwise, he's been in he's been Western Michigan. He's probably one of the... Uh, he reminds me of, uh, 
It reminds me of... Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of some of these guys that, you know, that have the, uh, they're moving on the smaller side, they're like, you know, they're like, uh, they have the joystick, you know, like you play it in Madden and stuff like that. Let me take a drink here. I was thinking of Dante Hall, and uh, Dante Hall was very small. This guy's about 11, so, you know, he's going to be running those uh, wide sweeps and stuff they do, and he might be doing punt returns, but they got Nixon now, so he can put some stuff together for him, too. If he's not doing the job, then maybe they can put Jaden Reed back there. He reminds me of uh, he reminds me of a guy from Clemson that was supposed to do what he was supposed to do. That can't do what he was supposed to do. <laughs> Amari Rogers. And uh, so yeah, he had a wonderful career at Western Michigan, then he went over to Michigan State. And he was flat out phenomenal. Um when he was at Michigan State, he was a, uh, he played by receiver, and I remember him playing with Wisconsin game, pretty much won, his, won the game single-handedly for Michigan State. And uh, for some reason, this rel relative athletic score is what I like, and I was going by it. You know, Van Ness was a uh, 9.39 out of 10. Well, for some reason, it comes to Jane Reed and the game is 6.74 out of 10. That's just horrible. But he's a, you know, like, they have game changers now on offense, and that's what this guy is. He's a game changer. You know, he, he's just like, he reminds me of Steve Smith. You know, he's just explosive. And that's what Steve Smith was. You know, he could get deep. I don't think Steve Smith had blinding speed. He had speed. He gave behind the defense. But he was a big play. He was a big play guy for uh, for Carolina for many years. So, oh my God, there's something coming out. <laughs> anyway, so what happened was the uh, McCarron, Larry McCarron does the uh, radio for the Packers color guy was the uh, said the guy was explosive and that's what I think too you know I think you can I think sometimes that they they misread the scouts misread their reports you know and stuff like that and they don't put they don't look at the they don't judge they don't look at the player as a player as a football player they look at him as a uh As a test, as a 40-yard guy, or, you know, test the shuttle, or stuff like that, and they don't run right, they don't have a, they don't have a good day when they're not running fast, or they got a stomach ache, or a hangover, or whatever, then they can just, you know, pretty much they're going to, they can miss that important stuff that you see on the film, see on the, they don't have film anymore, you see on the video, and um, that's one thing I always about C. Smith. He did a lot of work. 
42nd pick, Luke Musgrave. Versatile tight end, complete tight end, good blocker, able to take cover off, able to take cover off the defense, make big plays down middle field, make the safety uh, respect him, not cheat up on the run. You know, because you can. That's the thing the Packers have had trouble with lately. Is, you know, I like Tanya and he went over to the Bears, but you know. Reality was that he was not a big play wide receiver. He was not like Luke Musgrave. He could not get deep. He could not get deep and play the, uh, and make the, you know, get deep against the defense. Tied in with the good guys to go across the middle or something like that, or, you know, sit down in his own defense and get eight yards. But no, Musgrave can go. Musgrave can get it done deep, and that's what they needed. All along, you know, that's what Rogers needed. But you know, Rogers didn't get him because, because he got traded. So I'm not even going to give my opinion about Rogers right now. <laughs> so what they got is they, uh, so they got a hell of a tight end. That's what they got. Um, So one of the things I noticed about Musgrave is that, you know, he is a good blocker. He's like, you know, I think I said, but the thing I noticed about Musgrave is lineage. Uh, Bill Musgrave was the hell of an offensive coordinator. I don't know where he's at right now in the NFL, but but he's his uncle and he's a really good offensive coordinator. And he's been at like a few. Uh, I know he backed up in Denver because they played the Packers in 96. And Musgrave was the quarterback instead of Elway. And uh, they took Musgrave apart, obviously, because he was a backup. But Musgrave's more a talented and he's a uh, coach. And his, other, his brother, his dad, Doug Musgrove, played a uh, backup for the University of Oregon. It's funny that uh, everybody here, he's from Bend, Oregon. I don't think it's very small. I don't think it's very big. It's kind of like a freaking, uh, I, say, I don't know how big it is, but he's, it's funny is that I'm trying to start on this right now. Is Ryan Longwell kept through the Packers for many years. And that's what I think of being from Bend, Oregon, is, is Longwell. And, uh, you know, he is like one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history. But that's the thing, you know, hopefully they can, hopefully this guy can be as good as Longwell. But yeah, they, he did a, He's going to make a big difference this year with their with their passing game. Going to give Jordan Love a lot more options. So what do they do next? They go and they draft Tucker Craft, third round. Minds the scouts of Travis Kelsey. Or Dallas Goddard. Goddard was from South Dakota State where Kraft is from. 
Jack's is six foot five, two hundred fifty-seven, two hundred fifty-six pounds. Combination of size and speed. I think Tucker Craft can do too his block. They say he's got he has suffocating blocking. I don't know what suffocating blocking means, but you know, I mean, to me that means they can probably take a uh, he can do some damage and uh, blocking and get people on the the uh, second level or getting people around the corner so the you know Jones can run around the corner Dylan or you know that's that's the thing about this uh this guy he's got a lot of talent if you take a look at him on the internet on YouTube you're gonna like what you see you know that's like I was really happy when they got into the third round because I knew I knew quite a bit about him but and you know Musgrave is a, uh, he's from, he's, he's, a, he's an Oregon Duck. I forgot to say that. But anyways, now you know. And, um, number 116, round four. Kobe Wooden, Auburn, Edge. 6'4", 273 pounds. In 15 sacks, 40 games, and he had 30 TFLs. That, uh, that impresses me. He's going to win hell of an edge rusher, too. He's going to be a great backup. But he's very, he's very bent. He's uh, very flexible in where he plays. So he can play inside if he needs to, you know. If they, he's, you know, I probably he's not as I don't think he's he's got quite a bit. Of, yeah, no, I don't think he's as tall as Julius Peppers. But I said, you know, that's who he reminds me of is Julius Peppers, but with a little less height. He's got the ability to make big plays and cause a lot of problems for the uh, offensive line, and that's what I see with uh with Kobe Wooden. So. You know, Auburn's going to be missing a good player this year, and, you know, he's, he's picked in round four, and I'm going to go through that round five now in the last. With Sean, Clifford, Sean Clifford, Penn State. He's team captain for uh, 2019 all the way up to 2022. 24 years old, so he's mature. You know, that's the thing about him, you know, he, but he's got talent to play quarterback, and it was just. He's got another year under the belt with COVID, and that's why he's 24. You know, that's that's why he gets a little bit older. That's how I uh, that's why you start to really notice that you know this guy's getting up there in age, and he might want to get something done. But you know, because he's if he can make, I think he'll make the Packers. You know, I don't predict that he's going to be starting anytime soon. But if they need a guy to fill in, he'll he'll do it, and he'll do it with. Uh, he'll have the he'll have be able to do it because he's going to be he's going to be flexible. He's also going to be have a good. He's uh well, he's he's humble. That's what I'm trying to say. He has some humility he can learn with, and you know, being a Penn State is a. Uh, 
he did a wonderful job there. I think he had 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions through the air. Uh, what they're going to have to do, though, is they're going to have to uh, make a decision when it comes to preseason about who the quarterback's going to be if, if Jordan Love starts performing poorly. And this guy, and he, you know, I mean, it could be three years down the road. But they're going to have to make a commitment either way because I think there's going to be a quarterback controversy there. Because uh, Danny, uh, guy from Purdue, Danny Eifert or Danny, I don't know, I'm sorry. It's not the guy from the Parkers family either. But it's Danny uh, Etling, Etling. And uh, I believe that he's not going to have, he's not going to be as good as Clifford. So I think Clifford's going to be a hell of a good backup. Basically, what Clifford's like is uh, he's not going to be like growing into his body. He's 24 years old. So what you're going to have is a guy that is like an NFL. Uh, he's picking picking him up off the street as an NFL player. You know, he's going to be uh, finely tuned, and uh, you know that's the thing about Penn State. Their players are. Uh, when their players come out of college, they're well, well schooled, well groomed. You know, they don't have to be a, uh, they don't have to, they don't have to be screwing around there with people trying to get, you know, people doing the wrong thing and having to go back through and redo a, having to go back through and having to do things over again with, you know, re redo the drills and everything and. And you know, having to take people and having to take the players and teach them the basic fundamentals of quarterback. He's already got that. He's been in Penn State for four years. He was a team captain, so he's going to have that. And they, that I mean, that's just one hell of a choice right there. That's that is one hell of a choice. Fifth round they got him in. So you know, he can run too. And I think that's gets misplayed a little bit is uh, sometimes uh, Kerry Collins was was nothing but a statue. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback with the Giants. He was a good quarterback with the Panthers. But you put your pressure on him and all, you hit him a few times, I don't care who it is. They're going to be not throwing very accurately. So that's the thing is, is that you know, he can get out of the uh, pocket. He can run. He can scramble. And uh, I believe Jordan Love can too. So I saw this thing on, on the internet, on uh, Twitter about uh, Jordan Love was going to have 42 touchdowns and eight interceptions or something like that. He's going to throw for like an incredible amount of yards, like over 4,000 yards. And I'm thinking to myself, come on. There's somebody that's just, it's been in the Kool-Aid a little too long. So, anyways, but yeah, it's, it's fun to hear that stuff. And I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. It was some of the, sort of the negative chatter that goes on. And usually it's between my ears, but and I'm just trying to think is that, 
who they what they did to in the in the I believe I'm trying to look here. I, I believe it was the sixth round. As they went and got a uh, guy by the name of uh, Carlson, and he ended up he's hopefully he's going to win a few games in the Packers too because his brother did when he's playing for Minnesota. They missed like three field goals and. But then he goes on and he puts his career together that he's a hell of a kicker for uh, for Oakland now. And Andrews Carlson, I believe his name is. But that's the thing is that you're going to see is a lot of uh, alright. So that's that's what the uh, that's what I've seen in the past is I've seen teams that teams that struggle. They have seen them not have good field goal kicking, and you know you have to have a you have to have a guy that you have to have a field goal that is field goal kicker that is you can count on. You know if you make the drive down, you have to know where. Where he's going to be most comfortable from, where he's going to make the kick from. You don't want to set him up like ten yards out of his out of the safety zone, especially when you got the game on the line, or even at the half. And uh, so this is uh, so what we got. I'm sorry, I'm going through this stuff. I'm trying to get to my trying to get to my spot, but. So this this is the most amazing thing is that he's out of Auburn. He would he's banged up last year too. But he's a uh, he's the type of guy that he's the type of kicker that's gonna be a professional. No, there everybody's a professional kicker. Let's just put it that way. Let's say it like this: is that he's going to rise above the cream of the crop, and he seems to be able to get it done. He got hurt at Auburn again last year. Um, he's been hurt before, so hopefully he can stay healthy with the Packers. You know, Mason Crosby's now a free agent, so they're gonna have to go a different direction there. I didn't realize that until the draft. And Mason Crosby is outstanding. But this is a this Carlson guy is from right around the same area in Colorado. I believe that that's uh, Anders Carlson. That Crosby's from, you know, is Crosby is just a uh, out of Colorado, first round. Uh, he's a first round here. I'm sorry, he's out of Colorado. He is a, probably like a fifth round pick of the Packers. And he's probably one of the better uh, kickers the Packers have ever had by far and away. But he was starting to lose his leg. Even like four or five years ago, they were not having him do kickoffs. And he went back to doing kickoffs. And last year, he did, he did all right. But after a point in time, it's just time to move on from these guys. Because, you know, you didn't get old at some point in time. And that's what just kind of sucks, but... Well, we all get old. We all have problems doing our job then. We're using our brain like I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, so this guy is a, uh, he's 24. 
sixth round pick. They're going to have a uh, they're going to have a weapon, and that's what you're always looking for when you get a kicker. You want a kicker. You want a kicker who can make the extra point. You want a kicker who can kick the up to 50 yard field goals. You know that's that's expectations now. You know you ex they expect that out of a kicker. They expect that kind of accuracy. You know back in the conventional days when they had Donnie Cockroft and Lou uh, Groza and some of these. Uh, straight-on kickers, even like Kramer and Paul Horning. And, you know, those guys were conventional kickers. And a good example would be Mark Mosley. He was a conventional kicker, straight-on. He was very accurate, and that's the thing that really, uh, he's in the Hall of Fame now, too, because of that. That was the thing that surprised people was his accuracy. And, you know, and, and I goes, Anyways, it caused the Packers have lost a lot of games because of bad kicks. So I don't want that to happen anymore. So I'm glad he uh, he is the he is going to be able to help with it. We have a real eye on him, and that's the thing is is that we need people. We need a, a kicker to rely on for the Packers. We don't need we don't need Mike Mercer anymore. That goes out and it was a uh, 13 for 30 kicking field goal, or yeah, 13 for 30 kicking extra points. Early 70s. I don't expect anybody to know who the hell he is. But if you think, if you look back at the Kansas City Chiefs in '69, you'll see Mike Mercer kicking extra points. But yeah, they got the bomb. Just put it that way. I don't know if you guys remember too. Is Tom Bernie is another guy like that. Uh, conventional, straight on, left-handed, or yeah, left, left for the kicker, and he just—he was horrible. What happened with with uh, Bernie was him go to—he uh, cost him a playoff chance, a playoff opportunity. When he kicked up, he kicked a field goal there. He's going to kick a field goal, attempt a field goal against Tampa Bay, and the ball went like. Wide, wide, wide left. You know the goalposts are in the middle of the end zone usually, in the back, in the middle. Well, this ball that he kicked was well, took off the you no, know, it took off the line judge and the ball and ball guy, and it was horrible. So what we have there is we have a bad kicker, and we always we know we used to curse. Chester Marco for going bad, and I only had to pick up uh, Tom Bernie, but then they were finally able to go out and get Jan Stenerud. So, of course, we all know what Jan Stenerud did. He he's one of my favorites. It's a good skier too. So, a couple of the other guys they got were. Uh, We guys from Central Michigan running back, Lou, uh, not Lou Reed either. <laughs> but he was a nation in, uh, he was a nation in, in rushing. And 
he did a great job as a uh, Lou Nichols. He's at Central Michigan. And he runs for 3,061 yards and 26 touchdowns. 614 carries, 5 yards average. Caught 71 passes for 575 yards and 3 touchdowns. He scored a career total of uh, 29 touchdowns, 26 rushing, 3 receiving. He had a 68-yard run and uh, one reception of 58. So he totaled for his career 3,636 yards, all-purpose. So the Packers are going to have a good running back on the line again, too, and hopefully he'll work out. But the thing is, is that as soon as you get, exceed the Packers draft, these guys, you know, like Dexter... Uh, The guy from Notre Dame, you guys know him, Dexter Green, I think, something like that. Anyways, well, he was a, uh, he was a has-been. So they have, like, some of these guys are good when they go to college. When they take that pounding for four years on their knees, and when they go to the pros, they're not, they're not as good, quite frankly. They don't have the, uh, they don't have the movement. They don't have the speed they used to have. At least they happen a lot more in the days when they had artificial turf, though. That's for sure. But yeah, Lord Nichols the third. So I'm glad they have him and I'm glad they picked him up and I don't know if he's gonna be able to play special teams. I think he is. So if he wants to be the third running back, that's what he's gonna to have to do. Because I don't see him beating out uh I don't see him beating out any of these guys that they have now. You know, and I just don't see that going on. And they're not going to be able to, they're going to have to have him in a certain spot, and that's the role they put him in. So, I'm trying to find out the next guy. I think the guy's name is Grant DuBose. He's out of Charlotte. But he, uh, He's from Charlotte. Hey, he used to work at Walmart, too. <laughs> so, we have a Grant DuBose, an American football wide receiver, the Packers, drafted in the sixth round. But he played college at, uh, at Miles and at Charlotte. So, six feet two. So he go get the deep ball. So go get the deep ball. He's got he's got average to mediocre speed. He's not very fast. Doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he's not going to have a career a good career in the NFL. And we have to remember too is uh, Devontae Adams was average to um, average speed at best. But the man could run a freaking pattern like you will not believe, and that's what you know. That's what got him open. But it takes more than speed to get you open, you know. And, and like I say, if you can have a, uh, if you can run a decent, uh, decent route. A lot of times, I'll get a guy open too. I mean, you look at one of the one of the greatest wide receivers ever. Who's uh, I should say that's retired, anyways. 
with Steve Largent. Well, Largent was the same way for the Seahawks. He could run some awesome patterns. That's why he ended up at the top of the uh, reception list when he retired. Now he's like way down low. <laughs> but he's one of those guys that I always think of when I think of uh, think of that. So it's yeah, it's just Grant you both from Walmart's and Packers for final draft pick. I think that's great. You know, he probably did the same stuff I did. He probably got he probably got pissed off at the same people I got pissed off at. <laughs> wow, that's special. Well anyways, alright. Well, if nobody else has told you I love you today, I do. I know I missed some there's some guys in there I missed. Uh, I take up one guy from Bowling Green, and uh, he's really not worth going into. <laughs> but anyways, so I'm just trying to highlight these guys that are in the seventh round. Oh, okay, I'm going to go back here. I'm sorry. One guy that wants to say something about is Anthony Johnson from Iowa State, and he's in the seventh round too. But I expect him to be, he's, he might be starting material at some point in time in his career. But really, the reality is, too, it's just keeping an eye on him because he's very versatile. He's, he can play corner. He's got good size. He's a good safety. You know, they can move him around, and that's the thing they're looking for. You know, when I think about that, I think about Mike McKenzie, quarterback. You know, he was drafted as a, uh, drafted as a safety. He was, he could do, he did a great job playing on uh, Playing cornerback for the Packers, that's for sure. So, anyways, I just want to say thanks to everybody and thank you for listening. And no one else has told you I love you today, and I do, and I say it over the power of love. I'm the Todd Godcast. Thanks. <laughs>